We're looking at this passage, Galatians 6, 1 to 10. And Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Have you noticed how by nature men and women have tendency to be imbalanced? In the field of politics, we have the extremes of the right wing and the left. The extreme right have a tendency to be harsh and heartless, and the extreme left soft and liberal to the point of sometimes opposing any traditional moral values. And then we saw the extremes during this COVID pandemic. Some were so cautious that they were afraid to leave their homes and left their shopping in its boxes or bags outside the house for at least 48 hours before they were prepared to touch it. While others, of course, lived as if COVID was nothing more than government propaganda and they bought into all this conspiracy theories. And the church has also had its extremes. One branch of the church has reacted in an extreme way to the other. We can think of the Roman Catholic Church, for example, who have gone to the extreme with Mariology and elevated her to an unbiblical position. And then we as Protestants have reacted maybe by going to the other extreme and hardly mentioning her at all except at Christmas. But one of the things I love about the writings of the Apostle Paul is his balance. In his epistles, he has the balance of Christian faith and Christian works. His epistles are full of sound doctrine, and he balances this by the expression of that faith by works, that is, our everyday Christian living. And Paul believes that our talk must be accompanied by our walk if it's to be effective. And the title of the passage that I read to you in the NIV uh, translation of the Bible is this, Doing Good to All. However, the title I have given it for this evening's message is this, The Acts of Christians who live by the Spirit. The acts of Christians who live by the Spirit. And from this passage, let me just mention four for you this evening. The acts of Christians who live by the Spirit. First of all, they restore the fallen with gentleness. Listen to him in verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you may also 
be tempted. The restoration of the fallen is an integral part of the Christian gospel. We see it clearly displayed in the life and teachings of Jesus. You see, Christians have not been given the ministry of condemnation, but rather of reconciliation. Yes, sin is sin and must be dealt with and not excused. However, we deal with sin in order to bring the individual to repentance, which results in restoration. A Christian with a judgmental spirit condemns in order to punish. The Christian who lives by the Spirit confronts in order to lead to repentance with the aim of restoration. Listen to Paul. If someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. And we see this wonderfully exemplified by Jesus in his dealing with Peter after his most cowardly denial. If you remember, Peter denied his Lord and Master three times when challenged by a young girl of being one of Jesus' followers. He denied despite having a while earlier courageously promised that he would die before deny. However, deny he did. But on resurrection morning, the resurrection morning instructions to the women who came to the tomb was this. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of them to Galilee. Peter was the only disciple, disciple sing, singled out and mentioned by name. It's obvious that Jesus specifically wanted Peter there. Later at the beach breakfast barbecue at Tiberius, John in his 21st chapter of his gospel records this conversation between Jesus and Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he answered. You know I love you. Jesus replied, feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he answered. You know I love him. I love you. Jesus told him, shepherd my sheep. Jesus asked a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was deeply hurt that Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? Lord, you know all things, he replied. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Note, Jesus didn't condemn, 
but gently restored Peter to ministry. Jesus, you see, knew that Peter had wept bitter tears of repentance. And in Jesus' economy, repentance must lead to gentle restoration. How sad, how sad that we as Christians very often hold grudges, keep records of wrongs of others, and sometimes never restore the fallen to ministry. It was C.S. Lewis who said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. It could be argued that according to Paul here in Galatians, our refusal to forgive and restore the fallen is due to our carnal walk getting in, way, in the way of our walk in and by the Spirit. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. This is the word of the Lord. This is one of the acts of those who live by the Spirit. They restore the fallen with gentleness. Secondly, another act of those who live by the Spirit is this. They carry the burdens of their fellow believers. Look at verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Barnes, in his commentary on this verse, says, Bear with each other, help each other in the divine life. This sense is that every man has special temptations and easily besetting sins, which con constitute a heavy burden. We should aid each other in regard to these and help each other to overcome them. Benson, in his commentary, said, Sympathize with and assist each other in all your weaknesses, grievances, and trials. The apostle alludes to the custom of travelers who, when too heavy laden with their baggage, relieved one another by bearing the burden of the weak or the fatigue, and in that manner show their good disposition towards each other, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And the word to bear comes from the Greek word pastazo, which means to carry or to take up, or even take away, or carry off. And the word burden comes from the Greek word baros, which means weight. And so when we put the two together, to bear a burden means to take away, or to carry off the weight someone else is experiencing. 
In essence, you are being, you are bringing someone a form of relief and comfort by, by changing their situation. And in the contents of the local church, different people carry different burdens and at different times in their Christian walk. Some may be struggling with some form of temptation. Then those friends who know about their burden and walk in the Spirit have the responsibility to come alongside that individual, not to judge or to condemn, but to aid with the view of helping that individual to overcome. So we're coming alongside, we're taking, we're lifting that burden as we help them in their journey with God. It could be a single mother who might be struggling financially as uh, uh, a result, uh, particularly now due to this uh, spike in the cost of living. For someone it may be heat or heat issue. Bearing her burden means it could mean buying a bag of groceries to help her. Or a brother in the congregation has just lost his job and bearing his burden may simply mean coming alongside him and pointing him in the right direction where he could get some government benefit that is available for people in his situation. Or it may be on the other hand, sitting down with him at a computer, helping him to find other employment or even helping him with his CV. You see, Paul was not living in some theological bubble. He was someone in touch with real-life situations and everyday difficulties that people just like us were facing. You see, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're free from temptations, trials, and tragedies of living in this fallen world. However, we are a part of what should be a loving, grace-filled, compassionate community The truth of life is that one day you may be that individual in need of help. You see, if COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's taught us this, that life can change in a heartbeat. And listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 25 when he speaks about judging the nations. He said, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, 
When did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. When we bear each other's burdens, we are doing it unto the Lord. And Matthew 10.42, Jesus says, And if anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose his reward. This is one of the acts of Christians who live by the Spirit. Not only do they restore the fallen gently, but they carry the burdens of their fellow believers. And then the third thing that Paul teaches us here is this, that those who walk by the Spirit, they live in humility among their peers. Listen to verses 3 to 5. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. You see, in the community of believers, there is no room for boasting or for any of us to think that one member is better than another. The bottom line is this. We're all sinners saved by grace alone. There is not one single believer in the church of Jesus Christ that is beyond the possibility of falling to sin. All of us tonight, preacher and hearer alike, without exception, have feet of clay. On this verse, Barnes in his commentary says, it is that even those who are most confident may fall. They who feel secure and think it impossible that they should sin are not safe. They may be wholly deceived and may be nothing when, nothing when they have the highest estimate of themselves. They, may, they themselves may fall into sin and have need of all the sympathy and kindness of their brethren. Therefore, Barnes points out that this is a reason why we should be kind and tender towards those who have erred. Christians should not be like the world and reveling when others fall and be in the business of pointing the finger. Paul, in his letter 
to the Romans reminds us of his own feet of clay with these words, Romans seven fifteen. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And listen, like Paul, many of, our, of us find ourselves in similar battles. We want to do what is right, but we struggle to overcome our own rebelliousness, our own sinful nature. We fail, we falter, we do the very things we hate and the things that we know are wrong. And when we mess up, we can very often grow weary, disheartened and even overwhelmed. Therefore, instead of comparing ourselves with someone that we think behaves worse than us, we should walk in the Spirit and walk in humility, realizing, like others, we too have our own shortcomings. Let us always keep in mind the words of David in Psalm 138 and verse 6. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. And as those who walk in the Spirit, we live in humility among our peers. Think of the Apostle Paul again when he writes to the church in Philippi. He says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And he goes on to say, let us think of others better than ourselves. Let us live and walk in humility because we all have feet of clay. Let us not point the finger the one at the one to another, but let us live in humility. This is one of the acts of the Christian who walks and lives by the Spirit. And then the final thing I want you to note here about those who live by the Spirit. They do good to everyone, knowing that they will reap what they sow. Listen to him in verses 7 to 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever, sow, whoever sows to the f- sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will, re- we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. To Peter 1 5 gives Christians the command to make every effort to add to your faith goodness. As Christians, we should be known for our goodness. When people hear the word Christian, 
Their first thought should be honor, integrity, kindness, and good deeds. The idea of doing good to all men echoes Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5:16. You know the verse very well. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Our light shines when we follow Jesus' example in doing good wherever we go. Doesn't the Bible say about Jesus, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed? In our effort to do good, we must not overlook the priority Paul sets here in Galatians 6.10. We are to do good to everyone, but we are to pay special attention to the family of Christ. You see, how we treat our fellow believers is the sign of our true faith. Did not Jesus say, by this... Will everyone know that you are my disciples if you love one another? That love for the family of God shows itself in acts of goodness. We start doing good to all men by softening our hearts towards our brothers and sisters in Christ and dedicating ourselves to their well-being as though it were our own. And that's in Philippians 2 again. Part of doing good to all men is that we don't return evil for evil, but instead we repay evil with good. Note that Paul also teaches us here that we will then reap what we sow. My grandmother always used to say when somebody wronged us, God is not sleeping. We reap what we sow. Christians who walk and live by the Spirit do good to all, especially the household of faith. And when we have been wrong, when someone has a heavy burden to carry, we don't just watch them go down, we come alongside them and help them and carry that burden with them. And when we are together, we live together in humility. Let us, therefore, let our light shine before men so that they might see our good deeds and glorify our Father in the heaven. Then the end result will be a bumper harvest. These are, I believe, from the Apostle Paul, some of the acts of those who live by the Spirit.